G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's all about, you know, what's popular, what's trending. And with their age group, obviously, what's popular is what I'm going to do. What's trending is what I'm going to do. And a lot of it, a lot of times, there's no actual thinking behind why am I doing this? It's just, oh, let me do this. Otherwise, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be seen as an uncool person. There is a lot of confusion about what it means to be a man today. Unfortunately, our young men are bombarded with false messages from popular culture of what it means to be masculine. So what can parents do to help our young men navigate today's culture? Well, we do know that parents are a vital part of the process. If our child receives approval from a loving adult of both sexes, they will begin to think of themselves more confidently in the way that they are wired by God. Today I'm speaking with one of the team here at Focus, Eric Agerman, to discuss toxic masculinity. What does the Bible teach about true masculinity and how can we help our young men to be what God desires for them? That's Eric Agerman and myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brett. How are you? I am very, very well. And this is a topic that, unfortunately, we have to talk about because it's so relevant as a parent, as individuals, Mm. and society in general. Yeah. This word that we hear often, toxic masculinity. Yeah. What actually is it? Well, it's, uh, I mean, if you want to go the dictionary route first, it's certain male behaviors that is associated with harm to society and to men themselves, you know, so everything from the thought patterns and the negative actions of men towards perhaps themselves, opposite sex, those around them, you know, um, that's just really unhealthy. Yeah. And it's interesting you actually say it does them harm. Mm. We often think it's the victim and in, in most times it's the female victim, but the male themselves are a victim because they're not going to live their life to their full. And God wants us to live mm. our lives to its full. Yeah. So if we're turning this around, what is healthy masculinity and what does God want for us to be males? I think oh, I'd love to hear what you think about this first, Brett. Let me turn this back on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if I was looking at from because we live in a very secular world yeah. and we live in a world that is very individualistic. You know, mm. it's all about me. Mm. And then we often hear young people deconstructing their faith. And yeah. for a father or a mother to hear that their child is leaving their faith, that yeah. makes it very difficult. And we hear, in other words, called the post-Christian yeah. uh, versus the pre-Christian. Yeah. And post-Christianity is, uh, you know, the thinking that this whole generation is going to be missing out on hearing yeah. the faith. And young people are developing their worldview before the age of 13. Yeah. So I say all of that Mm. to actually think, well, how does God want us to talk about masculinity in a way that is God-ordained? And I think men shouldn't be afraid to use their strength, Mm. you know, like the use their strength 
strength to cherish those yeah. around them. Yeah. Uh, use their strength to encourage. Yeah. Because no one ever goes backwards with encouragement. Yeah. Uh, we need to use our strength to protect, and that's mm. one of our greatest things that we can give, and to make them feel safe, mm. uh, to provide, mm-hmm. and uh, and to lead. And mm. not lead with an iron fist, yeah. but to lead with an attitude of saying, how can I come along to see you succeed? Yeah. And when I talk about healthy masculinity, mm. it's okay to be strong in those areas, mm. to cherish, to encourage, to protect, to provide, and to lead. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, in our world today, you know, masculinity is saying, you know, you've got to be right. Yeah. Big boys don't cry. That was a traditional thing. <laughs> yeah. But then it was also, you know, conquests and unfortunately sexual conquests. Mm. And they don't know how to treat other human beings, let alone how to treat the opposite sex. Yeah. With tenderness, with mm. compassion, with understanding, with empathy. Yeah. And unfortunately, the number one tool of a lot of young people is the internet. And mm. the internet is by no means going to always be positive, always encouraging and always mm. uplifting. There are some good things, don't get me wrong, but also when we're looking at a very highly pornified, sexualized world, mm. that's where lots of young people, both male and female, are learning what they think is this is the normal, this yeah. is the aspect. And so healthy masculinity mm. Is not necessarily saying I can't be a man, mm-hmm. I can't be strong. Yeah, but it's actually using that strength in a healthier way. Yeah, I love how you've explained that, and a lot of I think what you said goes back to the garden. You know, um, a lot of what you said about to lead, to protect, to provide is it sounds like what God was saying to Adam when He created him. Yeah, and when you look at that passage of Scripture, it says that, and God formed man out of the dust of the earth, and then He breathed. God breathed his spirit into man. Now, just for a moment, that spirit, obviously, Adam didn't have a catcher. There's nowhere it says Adam fell under the spirit. Right? <laughs> so maybe maybe it was perhaps the fruits of the spirit, you know, that God breathed because we're creating his image and his likeness. Mm. So the fruits of the spirit, according to the Bible, you know, you got kindness, you got goodness, you got faithfulness, you got gentleness, yeah. you got self-control, a lot of the things that you were talking about. Mm. And I feel like when God breathed into Adam in the garden, it was these things that he was breathing the very seed of into us yeah. as man, you know, for Adam to go about the garden with these characteristics. Yeah. But unfortunately, he disobeyed. Disobeyed, As yep. my, um, my grandson just recently was talking about his Bible reading. Okay. And uh, he's three and a half, so he right. puts it through the filter. And he says, and he ate the wrong fruit. <laughs> and I thought, that's true. And, uh, in, and we have been reaping what yep. Adam and Eve sowed in, yeah. to, so many years ago. Mm. But when we look at this in your experience as you know a youth communicator and, yeah. and partnering with parents to bring up their children, mm. and um, so what are you seeing on the coalface with young people when it comes to this confusion that they're living yeah. in? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about you know what's popular, what's trending, and uh, you know with their age group, obviously, what's popular is what I'm going to do. What's trending is what I'm going to do, and a lot of it 
a lot of times there's no actual thinking behind why am I doing this? Yeah. It's just, uh, let me do this. Otherwise, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be seen as an uncool person. Yeah. And so, a lot of times, I guarantee you, if you pull up a kid on the side of the road and say, hey, why do you do this? Or why do you, you know, play this? Or why do you dress? A lot of them have no clue, unfortunately, yeah. you know. So Popular culture is alive and kicking yeah. and peer pressure. Peer pressure, yeah. And a lot of that, obviously, as, as you and I know, is filtered through the social media and, mm. and what's coming down from America and and those places and that's just what they happen to hop on. So that's what a lot of what I'm seeing. Yeah. And you know, there really needs to be a highlight on positive role models. Oh, very you much know? so. Very um, much positive so. role models that perhaps closer than what we think, you know, in our homes and mm. in, in, around us. You know, well, ideally that's where it should start. Yeah. You know, for yeah. dads to mm. love on their mums. Yeah. And to know how to treat a woman. Mm. That's the ideal. Yeah. Uh, for mums to actually teach their sons yeah. how to be treated. Mm. And so, whether you're a nuclear family uh, mm. or a single parent, there are opportunities and you don't have to do it alone because yeah. it takes a village to raise a child, to that's have it. other people. And mm. that's what I love about what you're trying to do is to equip young people mm. to say that if, for whatever reason, your world is not as ideal, mm. but you've come alongside them to show them there's a different way of doing life yeah. and putting it through that lens, a biblical worldview, yeah. but practical at the same time. Practical and relevant as well. You know, a lot of what we do in, with, with scripture, we, we make it very relevant. So, that sometimes means reading the message translation, not the, <laughs> not the old King James, which I'm yeah. used to, because you know? a lot of times you tell a kid, and the Lord said, where art thou? The kid's going to be like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, being able to bring that, expose them to a biblical worldview, allow Allows them to be able to choose which one. Mm. And, you know, even in the moment, if they decide to go the pop culture way, you know, when they go through the emotions or the hurt or the disappointment, at least at that point, you know, they've been exposed to another alternative that they can then say, all right, well, let me go try that, you know. And so, what we're seeing is that. A lot of these kids with a positive role model, um, we're just seeing really good changes in behavior, you know. This idea that what they've been exposed to, Mm. you know, the examples that are around in our culture today, Mm. you know, we sort of Weinstein, you know, that he he used his Mm. influence Mm. in a really negative way to get his achievements, to see women succeed, they had to give him sexual favors. Yeah. Um, but there's other examples that young people are, are consuming. Can you name a few? Yeah, man. There's a guy called Andrew Tate right now who is uh, in every school that I go to. Um, you know, he, he seems to come up. And uh, I think initially he had one or two um, messages around, you know, go to gym, you know, eat healthy, uh, which resonated. And I think through that, he just uh, pushed some other thoughts and, and, and statements um, such as bragging, you know, about what he what he does and his dominance with the opposite sex yeah. and just stuff that, you know, for some of these boys, they can't really filter through, you know, yeah. and it just becomes what they now think it's normal. It's been normalized in their heads yeah. um, and they, they're seeing this guy as, as a role model, someone they aspire yeah. to be. And that's really concerning. 
in terms of females and opposite sex, it's it's really concerning. It's mm. concerning even for mums because um, these kids now walk around feeling all macho, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, who who are you? Which that I feeds that entitlement. You? This is it's all mm. about me and yeah. my enjoyment of life. Yeah, and if you don't give me what I want, you know, going back to that entitlement. Yeah, uh, that me generation, the individualistic mm. generation, it makes it so. He's got a message yeah. that seems to resonate because yeah. there isn't a healthy alternative. Mm. And as uh, as you know, our ministry here at Focus on the Family is to equip parents yeah. to say there are different ways of doing these mm. things, and also to give other healthy alternatives to young people or individuals that you know to be treated with value, mm. to be treated with dignity, to be treated mm. with respect. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting speaking at schools, you know, for young ladies to hear. They should be treated that way, yeah, and not to be treated like a, a second-class citizen. And yeah. that's where toxic masculinity is. They were treated as a second-class citizen. We yeah. are all equal in the eyes yeah. of God, absolutely, and we should be treated with equal value, absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, with you know these Andrew Tates of this world, mm. um, they have poisoned mm. what God had designed at the very beginning yeah. about what it means to be male mm. and what it means to be female, yeah. I'm chatting with Eric Agerman, one of the team here at Focus on the Family, about godly masculinity. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back. I'm Brett Ryan, talking about godly masculinity with one of the team, Eric Agerman, for Focus on the Family, Australia. So, in your, uh, you know, when you've been with some young people, they're a bit confused with maybe an ulterior motive because they've either been exposed to pornography, yeah, been exposed to aggressive behaviours, yeah, been exposed to saying, "Well, it's all about me," yeah. So, how are they transitioning or the paradigm thinking? When does the aha moment happen? Yeah. So, I think, um, as I mentioned before, a lot of it is is the peer pressure, you know, and sometimes to the point where when a boy wants to do something positive, they're actually laughed at. And that's that's concerning. That's a little bit scary that it's actually mocked. You know, being a nice guy, uh, being a respectful guy can sometimes be looked at as weak. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy, you know. And so I, th- I think sometimes the aha moment does come when they have that exposure because yeah. before then all they're doing is just what they know. Um, and unfortunately sometimes, you know, hearing it in the classroom from a teacher that, you know, perhaps it's not their favorite subject, it's <laughs> really hard to receive it from that person yeah um yep. but, but when they have you know other ways of exposure um i yep. guess that just adds on to what that teacher's been saying mm-hmm. and then the penny drops and it's the aha moment yeah oh that's what you know so and so has been saying all along and <laughs> you know um and and i think in in the context of showing them the exposure and and, and the alternative it's also great to you know, use examples, you know. So for me, I like to talk about it with boys this way, that, you know, one day they are going to be a father, you know, they're going to be a husband, yep. you know, and the success of their marriage is actually determined by these characteristics that we've been
been talking about the yeah. value the respect yeah. the yeah. fruits of the spirit like yeah. patience like come on now <laughs> we're, we're all a work in progress when it comes to those things <laughs> yeah you know and, and so if we can start on those things now uh, then it's gonna it's gonna pay massive dividends yeah in, in our future marriage family and just overall fulfillment of life yeah and that's very very good and when they get it uh, you know like I often talk at a parenting seminar to raise children to be countercultural mm. to be able to stand up for their values to stand yeah. up for righteousness yeah and it's really tough mm. when everyone wants to bring you down yeah and sometimes we need to, you know, help our young people to have that message to them, mm. like a narrative to know how to stand up for themselves and yeah. not be influenced yeah. by the culture. Yeah. And even though it is difficult, even though it's yeah. challenging, yeah. there is a, a reward. It may yeah. not come straight away, mm. but I found with our boys, you know, mm. we've got three young men and uh, they were able to stand up to a culture like for example drinking culture yeah and they were highly involved in sports but they were able to stand up for themselves and yeah. you know the people That's go awesome. yeah what you don't drink <laughs> and things like I, I don't drink and uh they were always esteemed they're mm. like good on you mate i wish yeah. i could do that yeah yeah and uh they weren't belittling other people they weren't saying you know the you're a second class citizen because you don't drink but yeah. we often said to our boys you know plenty of lives have been destroyed because of drinking but yeah. no one's life has ever been destroyed for not drinking for drink. <laughs> uh, well, that worked on a lot of different things um yeah. so help me understand you know you, you're saying you use examples you know the mentoring relationships for example mm. what type of um, biblical references do you use for like the mentoring relationships yeah well obviously you know you have like Elijah and Elisha that's one that I love uh, Moses and, and Joshua as well and so it's that I guess generational you know pass of the baton if you'd say it that way yeah um, and it's about once again the word exposure to you know someone that the hand of God is upon you know yep. for Joshua it was a, it was such a privilege and opportunity for him to be walking with Moses mm-hmm. to be able to then you know take it from him and then you know lead God's people to where God was calling them to be yep. and so for me I think that the, the role of mentorship really is I think a, a generational legacy a transfer of generational legacy and, and blessing yeah. so that the faith that doesn't skip a generation yeah. there's a verse in Psalms that says Says that, and one generation shall tell another generation of your marvelous works. Mm. You know, and I think that is, you know, whether it's discipleship, mentorship, you know, that that's the unique, special role that we all get to play. Whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whoever you are, you know, when you've got someone that you are mentoring, that you're discipling, that's the incredible role that we have. Because now you see that when Moses is gone, Joshua takes it to the next level. Yeah, you know, um, and so the the kids that we're discipling and mentoring in today I guarantee you like they're going to do so so much better than us like mm. I often tell our kids that I say like you know, I'm 36 by the time you're 36 you need to be further along than I am yeah. because I waited till 23 before I you know got your act together got my act together <laughs> probably get my life to Christ and but they're getting their stuff together starting to get stuff together in their teenage years yeah. which really sets them up you know in just a positive and exciting way for the future that's so good I mean it, it sounds simple you know to say hey get a mentor yeah but I think the world is crying out for others to be you know mm. in the game putting on the serving towel yeah and so 
the church is a great place to have that. Yeah. Uh, maybe even the sporting clubs. But yeah. to have godly examples, mm. both male and female. So, mm. it's not just for the masculinity aspect, but yeah. for true femininity, godly yeah. femininity as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. This idea of having someone speak the truth in love mm. that may not be mum and dad. Ideally, mm. that's where it should start. Yeah. But we also know that that's not always the case because mm. basically, you know, you were born old mum and dad. You don't understand my generation. <laughs> you don't, you know, you're out of, the, out of the loop. But to yeah. have someone else say the same things that you would have. Yeah. Um, and, and we did that for our boys. We actually prayed for our mentors for our sons. Yeah, right. And uh, it took quite wow. some time to get the right people. And then, yeah. oh, man, once they got that right person, they, they saw. Yeah. Absolutely soared yeah. because there was someone who saw so them, someone yeah. to build them up yeah. and to encourage them. And I mean, I, I actually think if everyone should have mentors to speak into their lives, yeah. so who's your mentor, yeah. but who are you mentoring? mentoring. Yeah, so, that's so good. we're all- yeah. You know, qualified. Yep. And you say, what do you, what do you mean? How am I qualified? I yep. mean, I make so many mistakes. That gives you a qualification. A qualification. <laughs> despite yep. our flaws, despite our pasts yeah. and our present, we're all going to be flawed. We have yeah. all fallen short of God's ideal. Yeah. But that gives us qualification. Say, hey, mm. you know, I made that mistake. Mm. I don't want you to go through that same thing. To yeah. share our stories, to yeah. share our struggles, yeah. to share our wins yeah. <laughs> and uh, victories, but also to share, hey, this is something that happened to me and yeah. I don't want that to happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, when you said that if it starts with the parents, that's ideal, but we all know that's not always the case. And, you know, I think it's powerful that even when parents are mentoring their kids, that someone else also adds to that voice because a lot of times I have heard from the mouth of boys, oh, mom just says that because she has to say that. <laughs> dad just says like, I'm good because he has to say that. He's my dad, you know? Yeah. So they, they overlook it. They take it for granted. They don't feel the weight of those words. Mm. But when they hear it from somewhere else, it's like a confirmation. Yeah. You know, I think somewhere it says where two or more agree on a thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the Bible, like it shall God be established. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know what I mean? So when they hear that second voice, whether it's an uncle, whether it's an auntie, or whether it's their school chaplain or counselor, whoever it is, they're like, oh, that sounds familiar. I've heard that before. Yeah. And then it really adds weight and power to what has already been a seed that was sown mm. by the parents. And so I think, you know, for anyone listening today, that's, you know, that's an uncle or an auntie or, you know, just really looking around, even within your own family, yeah. like who is that young person that I can add my voice to? Yeah. It's not to say mom and dad aren't doing anything, but it's just to say, hey, I want to be that second layer, mm. that reinforcement so that they really know that what they're hearing is not because, you know, it's just mom and dad and that's just what they have to say, but yeah. it's really true. Why? Because it's coming from another source. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Very, very good. In fact, Kate and I actually were invited to speak and preach at a church just recently. Mm. And um, the minister who was uh, overseeing the, the service, and he was doing communion, mm. and, uh, and he just stopped the whole communion service. He goes, I really feel led to tell particularly the young people mm. two things. Mm. And tears are welling up in his eyes. I'm thinking, this is really powerful. Yeah. And he says, I love you. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. I love you and I'm proud of you. Mm. And you could have 
heard a pin drop. That was mm. just very powerful. And we all need those words yeah. of affirmation. We need to be built up. Yeah. And part of the role as a mother and a father is to help our young people and to help shape their character, mm. those godly characteristics, those mm. attributes of Christ, to, yeah. to be compassionate, to be mm. a servant, to, to be more loving, to be more forgiving, yeah. uh, to be committed. And, yeah. I mean, that's a, a word that's not often yeah. liked at the moment because <laughs> if I make a commitment, I've got to go through. Yeah. Uh, to be patient, to be mm. gentle, to have self-control. Yeah. And w- the world reads in a lot more self-control. Yeah. The ability to switch off, the yeah. ability to discern what's mm. right and what's wrong. And that often takes that spirit of humility and teachability. Mm. And they're yeah. all just lots of words, but I'm hoping that our listeners today will just be maybe a little bit challenged or encouraged to actually mm. say they're doing a good job. Yeah. As mum and dads, we're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. But if a man's listening to you here and saying, what type of man are you? What type of home are you creating? What type of future do you want to have for your family? Mm. Um, you know, the, the idea of, you know, the, the things that you could do. But I'd like to, in this discussion, just a question that we're talking about healthy masculinity yeah. in, a, in a world that is toxic, yeah. potentially toxic. A couple of questions. Are you a man worthy to be submitted to? Yeah. Good audit to have. Great. Are you a man that will love his wife as Christ loved the church? Yeah, that's great. Are you a man that children will want to obey and honor? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's for the dads out there. <laughs> yeah. Are you a man that does not get easily angered? Mm. We've all got short fuses and what yeah. do we do with that? Am I a man that will submit to others, including yeah. our wives, mm. and serve others? Yeah. Jesus came to serve. Serve, yeah. And it's such a powerful thing. And, you know, that's part of this healthy masculinity is to actually teach them to serve others. Mm, Absolutely. And I I love that because a lot of uh, one one thing I'm really passionate about is when Paul talks to his mentee, Timothy, and he says, don't let anyone look down on your youth, but be as an example. He says in faith, in love, in conduct, in purity and in speech. And I love that because, once again, it's that mentor relationship, you know, and it's those key things that you've mentioned, but that you're getting that at the youthful age so that when you grow up to be the man, you know, you carry them with you. And automatically, as Paul was trying to, you know, put across to Timothy, if you want to be a leader, you know, if you want to be someone that's worth following, then consider these things, your speech, purity, your faith, your love, and your conduct. Well, we're going to leave it there. And I reckon we should have another conversation mm-hmm. about this, about yep. those things right. that, that uh, Timothy spoke about. Yep. Uh, would you be willing to come back and we'll unpack that a little yeah, bit more? absolutely, Brett. Excellent. We hope this has been helpful for you as we unpack what it means to be a godly man. If you'd like some free videos, articles, or podcasts on this topic and numerous other family and relationship issues, you can go to our website, As a listener-supported ministry, this service is only made possible through our financial partners. We'd invite you to consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift so that we can help more families thrive in Christ. Go to families.org.au And thanks for listening. I'm Brett Ryan. On behalf of the team here at Focus, we'd like to invite you to tune in for part two of our conversation next time here on Focus on the Family, Australia. Thank you. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.